We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 553, recording Monday morning on Memorial Day. It's not going to be a, a full Monday episode. Bob's not here. It's a holiday. And frankly, I just don't really feel like talking about this garbage team for over an hour. Because what I watched this week in Detroit is exactly what we saw in the first month of the season. And I thought it was finally behind them. I thought they had moved past it. Maybe the offense was still struggling, but it was going to slowly get better. But sloppy defense, base running mistakes, double play balls, absolutely no offense when they just need one run. It's it's exactly what we saw in the first month of the season is what happened this weekend in Detroit. Yeah, there's no execution against a bad team. I mean, a, a bad team. Bottom, really bottom bad three team. team yeah. When you're looking at what happened in Detroit, it's it is embarrassing. There's a level of competence that is missing from this team in some ki- in some uh, in some situations, and I don't quite understand it to be honest. It's not like it's not like we're watching a team that has bad talent, right? Like we would this would be acceptable if it was flipped and I was watching the Tigers and I was a Tigers fan. That would be frustrating, but understandable because there are a bunch of players that will most likely struggle. These players, while they may struggle on occasion, it's baseball, still going to struggle. 
the the consistent struggle up and down is absolutely infuriating and when you see the struggles continue to reach the fundamental parts of baseball it becomes very very hard to watch to be honest very hard oh, to watch yeah. and i'm seeing this across social media people are just it i mean all age ranges it doesn't matter how long you've been a, a fan some forever some for more casual i'm 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 looking at the masses here. It's just a bad product. It really is. It's a bad product right now. And when you see this team when they're hot, okay, it's fun when they're hot. Yes, of course, winning's fun. Winning is fun. And for whatever reason, they show up against the White Sox. One of you know one of the the best offenses in baseball. They show up and they and they they play very different. And then all the of a pitching sudden, they showed go to up Detroit. against the White Sox. The pitching showed up against the White Sox. The offense has not showed up all season. So they've I mean, showed that, up in very small spurts. Let's take Sunday's game for example. Michael King starting. Who, who knows what to really expect out of that? But he's not. He doesn't look good. And then in the I think it was the third inning, they make three errors. They're down six nothing. And I wish I just shut it off then. I mean, I should have shut it off then. I think a lot of people shut it off then because you knew they weren't coming back. They only scored seven runs or more in a game three times in the month of May. So it really wasn't going to happen with the way they were going. But if you did stay towards the end of that game, you sick, what you got you to sick see bastard. is Gary Sanchez run out of an inning in the eighth inning down by four runs because he's got his head up his ass and he's just running because no one's told him to stop. So he's like, oh, I'm not going to look up and see where the ball is. I'm just going to keep running. Runs into an out, ends an inning. Maybe they could have had something going. And then the ninth inning, bases loaded, two outs. Aaron Judge, the only player who is having a respectable season, the only player who has numbers that even resemble what they should strikes out looking with the bases loaded. I'm going it, to, it's very, I know that's that what Aaron you got Judge, to see. If you stayed in, if you stayed yeah, tuned yeah. in, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to say anything negative for me about judge because what you just said, he's the only guy that's like, you know, consistently showed up day in and day out and actually put up some, some decent numbers here. Um, when you look up and down, I think I saw you tweet, uh, someone was uh, responding to Clint Frazier being, you know, a sub 200. We don't want to look at batting average. That's fine. Throw away batting average. Okay. But you can look at for optics, five, five of the starting, yep. five of the starting lineup are on or sub 200. So yep. I don't care if you, if you value it as much anymore, it's the baseline stat that's been used forever to oh, identify I mean, a player. under 200 is five ha, more than half the lineup under 200 is unacceptable whether yeah, you like batting average it's, or it's not it's unbelievable i've it's it's something that we've never seen before we've yeah. never ever ever seen it before and these guys are getting paid a lot of money to primarily hit the ball that's why they're getting paid money is to hit and it's not, not because just, of their defense it's not just that five out of the starting nine are under 200 it's that one of them is Gary Sanchez. So when he's not in the lineup, Higgy is, and he's also below 200. And then Mike Ford, who's been playing a lot and now will be playing even more because of Luke Voigt, he's below 200 as well. So basically, out of their top 11 like plate appearances, I'm, I'm excluding Aaron Hicks at this point because he's not here anymore, but he was also below 200. 200. <laughs> out of their top 11 plate appearances, seven of them are below 200. That's insane. How do you? How That's do you? Insane. How do you have that on a roster? How do you have that if you're expected to win a World Series? Can, can I, I ask you a very, very like baseline question here? I, I mean, not even diving that deep here. 
Is this a, is this a complete? I know that the ball is everybody the ball the ball the ball, but is this a market correction to the launch angle? Did the pitchers figure this shit out, and now we're seeing the other side of what launch angle, the ugly side of launch angle? We all Whoa. saw the good side of launch angle for a while, and the it seemed like the the hitters, the batting, they were they were ahead. They they had a step up. Their guys were hitting the ball out of the park all the time, and now across the league, the the offense is down. I don't agree with you though that batters had the leg up, because even though home runs were up, runs were not up. So earned run average, runs per game allowed, was not up in baseball. It's just more of the runs were being scored on the home run. Right, so, but but, that's but not, that doesn't that's mean being batters exploited now. But that doesn't mean offense had the upper hand. Pitching still had the upper hand the last that, that's few fine. years. I, I'm, I'm more talking about the 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 ratio of pitching will always have the upper hand. Always. Yeah, well, here's, let me be very clear about that. But but when you look at back and you're seeing the a lot of the um, the plate appearances where these home runs were going out, they're now resulting in strikeouts. And I'm wondering why yeah. that's the case. Well, I feel like I've been doing this a lot lately. I've been referencing podcasts that I did with guests, but Eno Saris, like he talked about why it's not just that the baseball's not traveling as far. That is a component of it. Pitchers are able to, with the new baseball, spin the ball, move the ball, control the ball better than they ever have before. And they have better technology now to improve down to do. the minute. I understand that. I so, understand that. So, so that, that's what I'm has saying. Never is, this been market set? is this is this them being just getting to that next level now and the batters are just not able to keep up? Because we're 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 all over the we're all over the offense and the guy and the batters. But but kind of what you're saying also is it's not their fault. There's a little bit of this is there's a little bit in the back of, of what you're saying is it's not their fault. But because no, but here's the why technology I'm not and the equipment and all these things are completely against them. So But it's when been you, like when you, that. when you put that into a forty five degree day in Detroit, is that an excuse? Is that a valid excuse? But these these are these these this I'm just, I'm just players, throwing it out there. I am not giving no, I, excuses. I understand. I'm going to explain why I don't agree with that. Because this group of players we've seen basically since 2018. It's been the core of players, Judge, Glaber, Sanchez, Stanton, etc. Like th That's the group of players that we expect to hit and who aren't hitting. I looked at very basic numbers, home runs per game. Okay, Since 2018, the Yankees... In 2018, hit 1.6 homers per game. The league average was 1.2. That's 25% better than league average. In 2019, they hit 1.9 homers per game. Almost two homers per game. It was crazy. The league average was 1.4. That's 26% better than league average. 2020, shortened season. The Yankees hit 1.6 homers. The league, 1.3. 19% better. 2021, the Yankees have hit 1.2 home runs per nine inning. The league, 1.2 home runs per nine inning. Exactly league average, which basically comes out to where there are WRC pluses this season, which is 96, a few percentage points below league average. The offense is average because the home run has been neutralized. It's not hard to figure out. The team covered up so many offensive deficiencies since 2018 because they hit an ass load of home runs. Yes. Okay? So. Yeah. We knew they couldn't hit with runners in scoring position and they couldn't score runners from third base and they couldn't move runners. And those deficiencies all showed themselves in the postseason against elite starting pitching and elite bullpen. We knew that, but it was covered up in the regular season because they hit nearly two home runs a game. 
Now they're so, not. So this they're is not a market. So, the, so to be clear, this is a market correction then, and the and the way that you're saying is being done because the the advanced stats were there. Yes, you're a, another year into all these advanced stats, and they're getting better as the days go on. But if what's the what's the other what's the difference here? The ball? Is it just the ball? Is the ball neutralized the New York Yankees because the the home run? Why is hasn't the ball neutralized these... other teams? Other teams are scoring. That, well, that, the Red okay, Sox so then, are scoring. So then the Rays the, are scoring. Then, where's, then where the is this Jays going? Then? then where is this going? Where's why my are the point? Blue, why is Vlad Guerrero smoking the ball all over the place, but the Yankees are not? Why are I the think Yankees because, affected? Because I think the Yankees, the the type of player and the roster that Brian Cashman has constructed, has very clear weakness, and it's being exploited. And when you when they can't hit home runs as easily, that weakness becomes glaring and takes over. Their weakness is they don't put the bat on the ball. Yeah. So as a as a unit, as a unit, and and that's where mm -hmm. some teams can get past, you know, their deficiencies with with particular players because they have complementary players that can do certain things. And the players who but are DJ supposed LeMahieu to be is a he's guy supposed like that. to be. He's hitting two sixty. Okay, their 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 guy who has led the league in batting average last year and almost led the league the year before is hitting 260. Okay, so, so why it, is there it, a voodoo cast on this team only then? <laughs> I, I mean, like that I can't explain. And whether you think it's voodoo or whether you think the players just simply aren't that good, but that's bullshit. Right? Because that is Why? bullshit. DJ LeMay, who is that good. I know he's that good. We've seen it with our own eyes for years. And he was that good when he played in a different ballpark. He won a batting title. You, you know, unfortunately... And to hit a bat... To, hold on, hold on. To, to win a batting title, you have to go bat to ball. It doesn't matter where, where the freaking air is or how ball the, how long well, no, uh, the board travels as much. Uh, Coors Field is the highest batting average uh, ballpark in baseball. My point is you still have to make go bat to ball. You do, but it's much easier to get a hit in Coors Field than anywhere else. Okay, so now DJ LeMahieu is a product of Coors Field again? No, but DJ LeMahieu this year is closer to his pre-2019 numbers than DJ So then LeMahieu. what's the difference? I think it's a lot of different factors uh, centered around the baseball and the fact that pitching is elite and, and the fact that the Yankees can only win in one way. And that's by hitting home runs. And when they don't hit home runs, they don't score runs. We've known that score for years. Runs, We've known that for win. years. Okay, yes. so that's what it is. It's now harder to do the thing that they are only good at. Okay, so they built it. They built a a team around a a particular skill set that is being as the years go on. Or actually, no. If you look at the numbers that you just put up, completely dropped off the face of the planet this year, from you know. 20% ish above uh, your competition to all of a sudden now you're exactly zero and we're a quarter beyond a, a third of the way through the season. Yeah. So then this, this brings me to, um, can we go through that first mailbag actually? Cause I think this is a good opportunity to talk about that. Fire it up. I'm going to, uh, uh, I will, uh, I will read it. I'm scrolling down. Josh Elderkin. Longtime fan, fairly new listener. Josh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. The Yankees' starting rotation and bullpen is without question championship worthy. Well, 
Corey Kluber is now out. Well, maybe as uh, as much, which I didn't know hinged on Corey Kluber, but that's kind of crazy. As well, much this might have been sent in before that news. I don't. I don't. As remember. much talent on this team, it's been disappointing to watch a particular group make it so close and fall short. I believe this team has two more seasons before it adjourns. Is it time for Cashman to make a blockbuster trade this season and add a real attribution to this team? Chris Bryant, for example. I don't know about you guys, but I am tired of hearing about the luxury tax. There's a hole in the outfield. And honestly, I don't think this team can win a World Series with uh, K. The uh, K is in parentheses here. Clint Frazier, even though it's a C, but it's a K for Clint, if you get it. <laughs> and, uh, and that hot dog <laughs> in a helmet playing center field. He's referring to Brett Gardner. I, the hot dog joke was unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? Like the guy's bald. Okay, he's 38 years old, 37 years old. Whatever. He's he's not the problem here. I'm pulling up some so, Chris Bryant numbers right now. But but Josh is bringing up a good point. I thought about this the other day when I after they got swept by the Tigers. When when you when you get swept by the Detroit Tigers as the New York Yankees, and you're in Detroit, and you're looking as a general manager at the team and the state of the team and the state of the fan base and the state of the organization. And yeah, I agree with Josh. There's a two-year clock. We've been talking about this two-year clock for for a little while now, but that's that's kind of where it is. One of my first thoughts was, Cashman, you need to make some noise. You need to make some news in another way and and get behind this roster by adding to it with a very significant player. But and, is, and are they the one player side. away? Are they one offensive player away? No, they're away? not. No, but that's not the point. They're not one player away, and you can't add three players, or you can't fix an entire lineup in in the middle of the season. You can't do that. But what you can do is you can make a move to a, a clear move to make your roster right now better, to fix an issue that's that's very prevalent in this team, and that's the offense. Which is crazy that I'm saying that. It's May 31st, and we're talking about the offense of being the problem after starting a season with Jamison Tyone who came off two Tommy John surgeries, Corey Kluber, who broke himself last year and has not been pitched, has not pitched for uh, a significant amount of time. Uh, and, and a bunch of unknowns behind that, that we're talking about the offense is the problem on May 31st. That's, that's crazy. Memorial day weekend. And we're talking about the offense is the problem. They're a bottom, bottom five offense. They're bad. And the, that's, uh... that's the move right now is the, you have to fix the offense as best you can. And the only way Cashman can do that right now is via trade. The The problem is, so I, I have a, I actually think we get this a lot. We get mailbags or we get tweeted like, why aren't you talking about Cashman more? Like you got to criticize Cashman more. I don't know. Maybe we've, do you think we've criticized Cashman fairly in the past? I feel like we have, like we've criticized his roster. For the most part, Cashman gets his criticism from us is from on the pitching side of the ball, obviously. Okay, so but that, that's but, where that's where his deficient. It has not been really as much about roster construction. It's it's certainly warranted when you look up and down year, this lineup. They it's not just this year because this is a problem. This is a this is a lineup that we have we have had for 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 many years that has been home run dependent since since before a rod or around the the okay. end of a rod. I don't want to go to a rod. This home run, this I'm year, not going I'm to saying, the a rod era. It was very clear at that point. It was home runner bust. And okay. it really hasn't changed all that much. 2000s, you know, when the kids came up, like things were changing, it felt like. But it's like they've gotten back into the cycle. 
which leads me to believe they're being taught that in the organization and they're supporting this way too much and they're leaning into it because when these kids came up and were dumb, we were talking about them as, you know, the kids just being dumb and playing, dumb in a good way, like dumb to the situation, numb to a situation, not knowing what you're supposed to do and they're just going out there and playing baseball. They were freaking awesome. They were, I think- they were, I mean, that was probably the most fun. That was one of the most fun runs the end of the season in 2016 was a blast so cashman he he falls into luke voigt he falls into Gio urshela he didn't and fall then, into luke voigt can he you didn't fall into Gio urshela can you let me finish sorry so but so so into the 2019 like late into the 2019 season the offense was tremendous as i said almost two home runs per game that was the way base, the, that team and how baseball was being played in 2019. But we came out of that year saying many things. One of them being, maybe this lineup is a little bit too one-dimensional. One-dimensional in the fact that they're all right-handed and they don't put the bat on the ball as much as we would like. 2020, that didn't really get corrected. 2020 into 21 was another chance for him to correct that and he didn't correct it again. And now it's rearing its ugly head. And with the outfield alone, let's just take a look at the outfield. I mean, they brought in DJ LeMahieu. That was that was part of the that was part of the solution. Was bringing a bat in that was complementary to the rest of that team. Again, with DJ LeMahieu, they signed him to a two-year deal because no one else wanted him as he was supposed to be a fifth infielder. And he, he wasn't turned into an MVP. To be anything. That's what that's what we were talking about. That's what other people were talking about. That's not what the Yankees were talking about. He didn't start on opening day. Troy Tulowitzki started on opening day, 2019. Well, just Troy Tulowitzki. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, you know, there, he was the chosen son. So, but Cashman has Cashman going into this year into the outfield. He knew Stanton and Judge are injury prone. He knew Aaron Hicks is injury prone. He re-signs Brett Gardner who's a 38-year-old outfielder. And on the broadcast yesterday, because Gardner didn't play, even Michael Kay said, Tyler Wade's starting in center field because you can't have a 38-year-old center fielder starting every day. Right. So yeah. what are you doing re-signing Brett Gardner to be your fourth outfielder in an injury-prone outfield? No, and then I, yeah, that yeah, led we, I mean, to, this is not... Listen, that led to basically having to take whatever they could get from Mike Talkman to clear a roster spot because they didn't have backup infielder. Yeah. It's like this is basic roster construction that he has failed at. Correct. No, that's very correct. It's absolutely correct. It's just a bad fantasy owner. Again, like I made this comparison a couple of weeks ago, who's dropping starters because they have a bye week problem because they didn't look at that when they were drafting. And like, I'm this, not this saying is, Mike Talkman is a, a bad, huge loss. Like, no, oh my but God, he's how a, are we ever going to. exactly what he is. He's a fourth outfielder. He's a good fourth right. outfielder. He's a. He's robbing home runs in the, he's in the, a in the younger, National League right now. Younger, I saw it. He's a younger, much younger, and more spry than Brett Gardner, left-handed, mediocre bat, good defensive outfielder. So what are you doing clogging up the roster with Brett Gardner when you already have one of the biggest, nastiest drain clogs on your roster in Giancarlo Stanton, who's making $30 million and cannot play the field? What are you doing clogging up your roster even more? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And he should be criticized for that. And if this team fails to win a World Series in the next two years, because I do believe their window is the next two years, Brian Cashman should be out of a job. I don't know if he'll walk away or if Hal will make a decision. 
he should it, like it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a massive failure if this team looking at 17 through 23 does not win a championship. If you go back to 2017 and look at the roster construction of 2017, Again, I, more I complimentary, mean, not as good, hell of a lot more complimentary, but more complimentary. More com- These were the comparisons that I was making at the time, not to say that the skill level was the same, but the makeup of the team was similar to some of the roster construction was similar to those mid 90s teams, mid to late 90s teams. Again, not the same. I'm not comparing them talent wise or caliber wise by any means. But when you look at makeup and the construction of it, there were a bunch of young guys. There were some sprinkled in veterans with very good presence, guys that 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 complimented themselves um at the plate had different had different strengths different weaknesses that's how you that's how you win a ball that's how you sustain offense that's how you sustain a team so when someone who tends to strike out more but is a big runtime producer when they're struggling you have other guys to be able to pick it up because you've 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 accounted for that in the makeup of the player if you don't account for that in the makeup of the player and you're just adding a bunch of dudes a bunch of Adam Dunn's. Do you remember Adam Dunn being just like a sore thumb in the league for such a long time? Now everybody's a fucking Adam Dunn. Everybody. It's crazy. Adam Adam Dunn. Uh, you could live with one Adam Dunn for 40 homers and 200 strikeouts, but now you've got that seven places in your lineup. It's up and down. The 40 home you know, runs when, aren't, when the nerds are talking there. about dismissing batting average... That's fine. They go on their they go on their you know pretentious rant of 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 uh, you know why they're so much smarter than everybody else. Guess what? When you're looking up and down, and you have um, you're looking at production because production is at the root of a lot of these numbers, right? You, if they're producing over a set amount of time, then they are deemed a good player. That is, that is that is like the large overwhelming like macro version of the uh, of the nerds. If there's production at the end, the numbers say production, valuable player. Here's the problem: you you don't get that small uh, sample size, and when the production's not there, like what happens when you take some of the home run power out of it? Holy shit, are these guys bad? Holy shit, are they bad when you remove a few home runs from those from that data set? When you remove yep. that data set, a few home runs or a few power numbers from that data set, it's bad baseball. But you know what you can look at and still kind of get an eye test, but look at that number? Batting average. You can still look at batting average, and and you can tell if that guy is okay. Maybe there are some that say, uh, give you a high batting average, and they got a little lucky, right? They got a little lucky. That's fine. So now we have another stat for that to account for making sure that nobody gets away with being lucky. <laughs> and And... But but what it does is it gives you that macro version of who that player kind of is. You have a better idea of who they are. But now we're just so fucking specific on who they are in certain moments and what they look like at the end of a year, at the end of a, um, you know, whatever that data set is. And then we try to make that data sample smaller and then smaller and then smaller. And we're making decisions based on it when at the end of the day, now we're all batting under 200. And <laughs> now, striking now half out. the lineup. And we're, it's like, holy shit. Like, you turn around, all these numbers were like, yeah, there's such a good offense, such a good offense. Bam! You throw in a little bit of a wiffle ball, gone. Gone. All this money it, is down the tubes because they can't just, hit the freaking ball. It's crazy. It's crazy. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the box score from yesterday. And I was looking at this. All right. <laughs> The, I mean, we, the lineup yesterday. We talked yesterday. about how many market corrections and how many like baseball has been tinkering with this game for the past, you know, six, seven years. Too much. It's too much. Clearly, they're still doing it. They own Rawlings. They own the baseball company. They're just, they're just like, you know, there's, a, there's a puppet. 
freaking Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred, <laughs> the guy who let the freaking Astros off the hook, is playing with the with the strings, the puppeteer of this fucking game. And we're seeing Rob Manfred, the guy who let them off the hook for cheating, play with this game and toy with it and change the rules and do all these things where it's pretty much been the same consistent game for a long time. And now they're just messing with everything. And when you start doing that, what happens? You, you lose your baseline. You lose your baseline. You lose your core product. And now you don't even know. Now you're in no man's oh, land. And it's very th- difficult to get back to that. The last three years of data are just, you basically have to throw them out like people throw out the steroid era because it's, it's that wacky. Listen, look at this. Saturday's lineup. 263, 189, 302, 264, 190, 140, 224, 172, 196. That was the starting lineup of batting averages for the New York Yankees, and it's the end of May. And that's the. This is not April twelfth. No, this is we're we're peak season right now. It's Memorial Day. Like this is this is numbers. Like your water should start to find its level right around now. And the level for the New York Yankees is like a two hundred batting average, and that's a big freaking problem. I have a couple specifics I want to talk about from the weekend, but first, so as everyone knows, you and I both now working at Blue Wire. It's a podcast network, podcast company. It's a really cool program that we have. If you're looking to start a podcast or maybe you have started a podcast and you're only 15 episodes in or something and you're looking to grow, you're looking to get better at podcasting, it's called Blue Wire Hustle. As I said, this is this. you're going to connect with a ton of people who are in the same position as you, starting, looking to grow their podcast. You get to come into our community and you get to listen to best practices. You get to talk with each other. You get to cross-promote with each other. You can get editing services. I mean, it's a really fantastic program. And all it does is cost $15 a month, which, by the way, if you're hosting on any number of platform out there, that's what it costs you. So you're going to be paying. It's actually that anyway. cheaper than a lot of than a lot of platforms as well. There's no it, doubt it, it, pay, it yeah. pays for itself in the sense that it, it's hosting costs, and then you get that that community in the back. I think there's over 200 people in there right now. We've just kind of been slowly rolling it out, um, and and you know weekly doing fireside chats, which a podcaster or someone in the podcasting business is coming in and having really just an intimate uh, conversation with a lot of Q and A and just really good learnings. It's there's no reason to do this by yourself anymore when there are people who have been doing it. I mean, Andrew and I have been doing this for now six years. We've learned a lot of things. We've done a lot of positive things. We've done a lot of dumb shit too. And we've learned from oh, yeah. a lot of that dumb shit. And we've seen a lot of dumb things. But we've also seen, uh, you know, how a podcast has grown over the years and some of the good practices. And, you know, we're in that community quite often talking with a lot of these podcasters. So, yeah, if you are thinking about podcasting or really getting into some kind of, a, um, you know, whether it's video or audio, I think the word podcast will be changing over the years. It's really just going to be a digital on-demand show. Um, learning all these things in there, uh, plus there's, a, you know, there not only the people, but there's, a, there's an e-learning course as well that kind of walks you through everything and really just takes you behind the scenes so that you don't have to make any of those mistakes twice. Yeah, so if you if you are interested, you can go to blue. Uh, excuse me, you can go to bwhustle.com slash join. bwhustle.com slash join. Join. bwhustle.com slash join. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can't speak. All right. So the things I wanted to talk about uh, from the weekend. Can't speak. Fri- Let's teach people how to podcast. Friday night's game. <laughs> Chapman, it's extra, the extra inning game. Chapman comes in and, and, and pitches, pitches the ninth. And then in the 10th, Yankees get the lead. Aaron Boone goes to Justin Wilson. He narrowly misses striking out uh, the, the batter and the game ending. Next pitch, two-run walk-off home run. It was a very close pitch. Could have gone either way. However, that's not what I'm here to bitch about because Justin Wilson goes on the IL after the game with a hamstring strain. And Aaron Boone said after the game that the hamstring had been nagging him for a few weeks. So you decided to send a guy with a bum hamstring out there to close out a game. Who just came off of a a shoulder shoulder injury. And also who's been terrible all year. It's a, he went with a healthy hamstring, he's not good. With a bum hamstring, you're going to send him to close out a game. Why not Chapman for a second inning? Why not any of the other number of relievers who don't have a bum hamstring? Why is he, why is he playing? Why is he off of the injured list when he was rehabbing something and, and now he's walking in with a, a, a bad hamstring? That's a pretty significant piece of a pitcher. Got to use that hamstring to push. You, that's where a lot of your power comes from is your lower half if anybody didn't know that Aaron Boone might not know that apparently but Justin Wilson you know whether he's been bad because of injuries or he's just bad uh, and injuries have come up because of mechanic issues who knows chicken or the egg problem is you got that guy well one in the binder it says don't pitch your your uh, your your closer on the road in a tie game that said if you do that and you take a lead you better bring that goddamn guy back out you yeah, better the, bring that guy closer, back out. The I feel like the extra inning rule has changed that closer in a in a tie game. That's true. Cliche. I agree. But but regardless, I agree that if you don't send a, a guy who's has a bomb. I, I, to to out be there. fair, like I I don't live and die by that rule either. I think it's situational. I think if you know in this case where Chapman did not pitch the day before. He could have gone out there for a second inning. For sure. And I also think a lot of other guys could have done the job. Justin Wilson, you know, you, again, like you said, if, you, if that pitch goes the other way, then we're not talking about this. But it didn't, and the ball went out the next. Uh, if that the, pitch doesn't go the other, if that pitch goes the other way and he, and he doesn't give up the two-run home run, is he on the IL right now? <laughs> I hope so. I really do. Okay, so, but so then that leads me to the point of what is he doing out there? I know, but that is so – the reason I say I hope so is because if, if, if not, that means it was a reactive move to the home run, which is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's almost like with a bum hamstring, but that's my point is that like, I, I, I would hope that they would put that guy on the IL and, and, and that the result didn't push them to that conclusion. What, what other, what other conclusion can we come to when the fact that he's 
been out there pitching through the nagging hamstring, and then it's only when he blows a game. Uh, yeah, I know. It's convenient for sure. At the same time, it's who knows, you know, maybe he said something. I, I, I have no idea what that Did he say something because was. he blew the game? Or did he say something yeah, because yeah, his hamstring hurt? Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 <laughs> no way, there's no way to go about this in a way that gives you the, any, any of the truth that you want here. It's there's freaking no, ridiculous. There's no way. We can ask Justin Wilson. I don't think he'll give us a straight answer. I, Aaron Boone I, will tell us that his guy is good enough and he just needs to execute. On Friday Fives, we talked about how it's so important to just mop the floor with Detroit and then you've got four against Tampa, four against Boston at home, the two teams leading your division right now. We kind of looked over Detroit because we're two bozos podcasting about the team. Well, and, the they're Yankees, a bad te- and they're a bad team. And they just crushed them at home a month ago. But the Yankees, the baseball team playing on the baseball field, also looked over Detroit and they just slept walked into Detroit and played like ass. And now you've got four against Tampa, who's won 15 out of their last 16 games, and who owns your ass, by the way. What? Yeah, and, and who's also been, you know, holding holding a can of, of, uh, of I don't give a fuck on my shoulder, waiting for this series, apparently, because they're in the news talking about it. Ryan they Thompson. they have a bit of a chip. They have some fire that they, that they bottle up for this series, which is a very positive thing. Ryan Thompson said, "Are they I wearing a the lot old of uniforms? It, by the way, coming in the Devil Rays uniforms? Yeah, no, those are probably just for home home games. Those, oh, I like. I, I, they play today. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. They were they were <laughs> a, they were they were a, a little ahead of their time with those uniforms." Ryan Thompson said, "I think a lot of it has to do with their attitude towards us. They hate us, so it's easy for us to get more excited to play those guys. It's kind of how they've behaved the past couple of years with us pitching inside, with them throwing at our guys, stuff like that. Whether okay, the Rays are full of shit. I I readily admit that, but they're so good at being rats. Okay, they rat and teeth and chew their way under your skin, and this is." purposeful this is how they play and it gets to the yankees if that gets to the yankees they need to learn how to play the game from a competitive standpoint and understand that this shit is all part of the gamesmanship what they're doing right now they don't they know the yankees don't hate them there's no there's no hatred there I, i i don't believe that like i don't think a lot of these players hate each other but the fact that he's talking about it and using it as fuel and saying that this hatred is 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 why we play this different those guys hate us they are they're they, internalizing this and and they have a narrative inside their clubhouse the, that the Yankees hate them and, and they have powerful. a narrative they have a narrative and this starts with kevin cash the narrative that the yankees wronged the rays when in fact if you go back to 2018 it's the rays starting shit but they start shit and then play the victim and then use that as it's fire true. to beat you and they've yeah. beat you. They've mopped the floor with you since the start of last season, including the playoffs. I know the Yankees just won a series in Tampa most recently. But that could that series was very close. It's a four-game series at home now. If you do anything less than win three out of four against Tampa, and then you've got Boston coming and you haven't played Boston this year. Boston is have a surpri- having a surprising season. Their offense has been one of the best in baseball. They've got Alex Cora back. They're playing with a little bit of swagger. It, the you're, you're saying find they, they have to win three of four? They have to win three of four in this weekend? Is that, is that what you're saying? I'd say the Yankees, yes. How do you, you have to take how, three how can or four you, from how Tampa. Can you look at that team? If, how can you look at the team we just saw and say that? 
How can you possibly? Well, I don't think I don't think they will. How can you but, think that they even? How how is that even in the back of your mind? If they split, I'm happy to be honest. You're just treading water at that point. Right, I know it's a long season and to that, go. But still. that's what baseball is. You do tread water in these moments. You have to tread water. If you're on the field and you're not 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 two two people or a fan base talking about them in this moment as a player, like you got to stay keep your head above water until the the ship starts to right itself. Similar to how they did a few weeks ago. Because up until right now, up until this past weekend, May was great. May was very good. Like, let's not forget that. But because they were doing the things that they were supposed to be doing by hitting the ball, and the pitching was unbelievable. The pitching was, uh, the pitching was elite. Do you think the pitching is going to continue to be elite for the rest of the season? No, it's or not. Might it's going to come back. Oh, might it get a little bit? Not. It's not going to be bad. But no. they have this. They had the second best starting rotation in baseball as of last week for the full season. Right. Okay. What if they go from two to eight? And their offense doesn't improve at all. What happens to the team then? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a significant amount of wins probably. And when you're looking at the division race, they haven't played Boston yet, as I already said. But Tampa, who's on fire, has already won six out of the nine games they've played against you. So this division is going to come down to basically probably tiebreakers against these teams. So you have to start winning the games against the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox, or you're going to find yourself in September shit out of luck because you don't have any tiebreakers. You don't have tiebreakers against the Blue Jays. You don't have tiebreakers against the Rays. And we'll find out if they're going to have a tiebreaker against the Red Sox starting this week, starting next weekend. Because you're right. In a, in a, when you're looking at the way this this lineup, I'm sorry, this lineup, this division is, is panning out, it is going to be a dogfight at the end. It's going to be a dogfight. Two teams are going to lose out. Two te- and it's right. going to be very tight. And two teams are going to lose out. And it's a toss-up to who those two teams could be. The Blue Jays, I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is an MV- probably leader for MVP right now in the, in the clubhouse. Eventually, like the, they'll get Springer. Are they going to get Springer back season. eventually? Yes. That team is going to pro- – it's going to get better. They're pit- they still have young pitching. There's would not surprise me if they made a move. They have some veterans in there. Like, the, the – the makeup of this team that they have is what we were just talking about. Very similar and sprinkle some players in there who have, uh, you know, veteran leadership with the young kids and, and see what you can do. And they've done that. They've complemented that roster very well. I was talking about this off season when we were doing the breakdowns. This, their roster is scary. Their team is scary to me because not only could they make some noise this year, which would be early for all, you know, most people. They made the baseball, playoffs last year. I, that's fine, but significant. There was an extra. There was an extra playoff spot. I understand okay. that, but I'm saying they <laughs> but, can make noise, dude. The Yankees were one of the extra playoff spots last year. You realize that, right? I'm not comparing them to the Yankees. I'm talking. I'm talking about them as a, in a silo. They are. It's still a little early for them to make a move, but they could make a move this year. Next year, they're probably poised to to make that that actual real move with some pitching growing up a little bit. The, the point team. I'm making. The point I'm making is the Yankees have this tremendously important stretch starting June, and they just got crushed by Detroit. And and if you if you continue to play crappy against Tampa again, and then Boston for the first time, they could find themselves buried, and it's only June. Yeah, it's you're right. It's I don't buried it in June to me doesn't exist. But yes, it's a it's a tough. What if you lose three up. or four from Tampa and get swept by Boston? I mean that your head just goes right there. I know, but it's still you're not you're not. They out just got swept by Detroit. Do you think that's out of out of? No, no, no. It's definitely not. The realist. Me? I watched that team play. 
Is it going to be 45 <laughs> degrees this weekend? I don't know. Or this but week? Don't blame the weather. Also, we've made this to. point in the past. Okay, yeah, you could just say, well, wait till the weather gets warm. Well, what happens in October? Cool air blows in and it's cold again. So is the offense going to disappear in October? They don't play the World Series in July. Ugh. All right, I'm. I'm. You know what? I'm done. That, that, like, that's part of. That's part of the I'm batting average. About this team. The batting today. average at least will tell me a guy that's not. It, it, it will tell me what a guy is more so over a a, a period of time, because if he's getting lucky and that's the reason why people are saying it's a dog shit stat in some cases, then guess what? He's still hitting the ball and he's still in an opportunity to get lucky. You got to be able to be in that position to be lucky. If you're not in that position to be lucky, you're probably striking out. And that's what's happening right now. You want to play a little game? Not really. All right, then we won't. I'm just kidding. Let's right. play a game. Well, I was going to say, because, like, if the nerds don't want to look at, um, if they don't want to look at batting average because it's not a, not a legitimate stat, like, fine. Okay. Well, what happens when we, like, they love WRC plus, right? Let's just look at the American League. And let's look at how the uh, key players on the Yankees rank in WRC+. As I said, Aaron Judge, 168. He's number nine in the American League. Scrolling down. All right, I don't see any other Yankees in the top 30. Let me change it to top 50. Do I see any other Yankees in the top 50? Number 47, DJ. Lo no, that's not right. No, no, no one else in the top 50. I have to go all the way to like, did you just see another DJ and you said DJ LeMahieu? No, it was, it was not, it was organized by the wrong thing. DJ LeMahieu, 53, 101 WRC plus. Gio Urshela, 50, 103 WRC plus. Can I, can I take back that Aaron average the only... Gio Urshela is also among the players that I will not be criticizing. I, 103 WRC plus. That play Average. he made, um, you know, it, it would have been Jeter-esque if the net wasn't there when he, he ranged from, I don't know, the shortstop side of second base all the way to catch that ball in foul territory. It's a hell of a play. A long way to go for that ball. You know, I was expecting to see Giancarlo Stanton on here. Is he not qualified? Probably not. Because he had the... Yeah, the Let me ask you a question. Run. When, we're, when we're watching Detroit and we're we're seeing the meltdown that happened, what was that? The sixth inning, fourth, fifth inning in the field when uh, mm -hmm. the last error of the inning, Glaber has. I mean, that's that's one of the easiest ground balls I've ever seen. Like for yep. real, that's one of the easiest ground balls I've ever seen. Clearly, he was mentally like effed. He He's was just, been, no, in that Glaber's moment, mentally weak. He's a mentally on, in weak that moment. Player. Yeah, he was. I don't know where he was mentally. He was gone. He was gone because of that ball that when that ground ball came to him again simple ground ball it was very easy ground ball he booted it booted it booted it couldn't get the the rehandle goes back into the dugout and clearly visibly oh yeah pissed off like you frustration was very evident right there like and it didn't end soon like he he was mad for a while and a part of me is like good okay like yes i understand that you're gonna play badly at times it's going to happen and you can have even horrible 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 innings that can happen as well. When I see the frustration being vented, it does make me feel better. I will, I will say this. Even, it doesn't make me feel better about what happened, uh, but it makes me feel better that the player actually has some internal accountability to a point, at least in that moment where he was letting it out.
Does it make you feel better when you see that? Maybe it would make me feel better if it just doesn't keep happening with Glaber. Because Glaber started out terribly this season, and then he gets criticized for not running hard down the first baseline. And then he actually turns it around a little bit when he starts to get criticism. But then, slowly but surely, he falls back into these lapses. So it's just a it's just a cycle with this guy. But he'll, that's he'll, mature. Isn't that maturity? Isn't that maturity to be able to not get back into those cycles to have the this, consistency? This is, fourth, into, this is his fourth season. Okay. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying in, that there's there's no timetable on this. Like some some guys find maturity uh, in year one. Some guys find it in year seven. I don't know. Maybe my point maybe. Is, is that isn't that isn't that part of the maturation of a player is finding that extra consistent that whatever that consistency gear is, whatever that little thing is that says, okay, every day I'm going to be dialed in at this at this level. Every single day I'm going to make sure that I recalibrate and I'm at this level every single day. That's a maturity thing to get to that point. You want to talk about Glaver Torres, the guy who hit 38 home runs in 2019, 100% now we know because of the juice baseball. And then coming off a 38 home run season, he gets promoted to be the starting shortstop of the New York Yankees. And what does he do? He comes into spring training 2020 out of shape. That's I mean, the spring player. training. Yeah. Yeah, that player. That's unacceptable. The general I, I mean, manager had to, the general manager had to say, "Well, Glaber was a little out of shape." The so who's 20, that? On? The twenty-four-year-old. It's, it's on Glaber Torres for sure. But like, is there? Does that? Doesn't that lead you to believe that there's a lack of uh, a lack of leadership or control within a lack the of focus organization? And a lack of he, he's he's a mentally weak player. He's but, a but, tremendously talented player, but he's soft as puppy poo. So whose whose job is that to to understand that and and to to identify it and to get him into better situations and to I don't coach know. him sometimes you can't like, change uh, there's, those there's accountability on a player for sure i don't think he's that kind of i don't think i don't see glaber torres and see and see a guy that's like you know gone mentally and can't like to me that 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 dude when i when i seen i've everything i've seen from him off the field on the field like i i feel like that next level is in him like that that level of greatness somewhere is there. Like he's got the ability to be a very, very dominant player. If things are going well. No, but I, but I, I've seen it where I think that like you just whatever that tweak is, whatever that little. That, to me, there's a coaching thing that needs to happen. Someone. Needs oh, to, coaching thing. Well, the manager's soft as puppy poo too. So I, I think don't know. that's you're not going to get it from the manager. Glaber Torres is one of these players, and they they exist in all sports. They're so talented that when things are going well, they look like one of the best players on the planet. And then the minute they face adversity, they crumble. Alex Rodriguez did this. He crumbled the moment he faced adversity. Glaber Torres, the moment he makes an error in an inning, he can't say, the next. I want the next ground ball hit to me. Derek Jeter was like this. He makes an error, he wants the next ball hit to him because he's going to field it and throw it chest high to the first baseman and he's going to move on. What does Glaber Torres do? He doesn't want the ball hit to him. He wants to just get out of the inning and go hide. And he sees that ground ball hit to him. And he's like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. oh, I booted it again. That's the difference between Glaber Torres type player and a player who's not mentally weak. And you're, you're saying that you don't think that that could be coached out of. You don't think that that's a maturation thing? I think or that's it'll, something that's it'll leave. Instinctually. I think it'll leave when things are going well. It might be two weeks. It might be two months. It might be a but that, year. That, but that means that but doesn't it mean will it always be there. It'll always be there. So when adversity hits, it'll be there. And adversity has hit a few times for Gleyber Torres. And what happens? He crumbles. See, I disagree. I think I think this is a mindset that can be that can be altered. I think it's an approach, an approach, and how you how you identify certain situations. And I think that's 
very actually very easy to to fix it's it's with consistency and just you know drilling in the the correct things like i think that that is something that should be coached out of him i I do believe that when you see a kid that's that talented and if you're identifying these things those things should be coached out of though you should have there should be triggers and and routines and things that get you out of that cycle they they pay a lot of money to mental coaches to sports coaches to 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 um you know top of the line everything in the New York Yankees this is something that should be able to be coached out of and something that along the the maturation path of a, of a player should should leave it should yeah uh, anything else you want to say I mean it's it's I think just from like a, a macro level it is so not fun to watch this team there are fun moments I there are fun moments. A lot of them are around the pitchers right now. Uh, but yeah, the offense, the offense in general is just, I think that's what it stems to, man. It, it goes, it boils back to the offense being so either, uh, you know, feast or famine. And that style of baseball just doesn't play over a long period of time. It's fun in a moment. It's not fun in the, in the long period of time. It's just, it's again, I, I said this earlier, it's a diminished product. And, and guess what? It was fun while the ball was flying out, but now the ball is not flying out and it's exposed for what it is. And that's strikeouts. It, and strikeouts and the, suck. There's games they fall behind two runs, and I'm like, how is this team going to score three more runs to win I mean, a game? When you're, you, I don't when, see it happening. The la- when, they, when they were playing well two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, they were they stringing scoring. base hits. They weren't scoring, But though. they were stringing Go base look hits. At the, I, I know I, that, fine. but go I, look at the I, runs. Go look I at the runs. They were winning three to one. Eyes. That's fine, but I saw with my own two eyes that they had better at-bats. I saw with my own two eyes that they were stringing base hits together and they were running around the base. I saw that. That didn't... I didn't look at the numbers. I it happened. Look at numbers. It happened. I it happened. To, it happen. There's two innings that you're thinking of. There was an inning in Texas where they had five hits, and then there was an in, inning against the White Sox where they had four hits. Otherwise, pretty bad. <laughs> the approaches were felt different fine all right are you done now are we done now they better find that shit again now yeah it's june first bottle i don't whatever it is whatever it is that they need whatever whatever it is they need they need some humble they need some fuck they need some humbleness they need some humble pie to walk in there and 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 someone just needs to rip them apart they need like to they need like scared straight do they still have Scared Straight? Remember, like on MTV, Scared Straight, where you like, you're like 14 years old, it's and like you're an doing intervention. drugs, and you're out there on the. Do the Yankees yeah. need an intervention? And you gotta Who? get you get thrown into the penitentiary. Like the Yankees, the Yankees gotta go get like throw them on Rikers Island for a weekend. <laughs> we'll just take three. We'll take I maybe mean, the All Star well. break because none of Don't them are show gonna be up to Detroit. Don't show up to Detroit. Take throw the them in Rikers Island for the week. Nothing it would have been the same result, and we would have come out. We would have come out. Much different. If you could pick one person to give the Yankees an intervention, who would it be? One player to give, or one person like, do they to need, give them an intervention. Do, what kind of intervention do they need? Because I don't know that like this team would respond to a chewing out. I don't know that this team needs to be chewed out because I don't. It's think It's not they a chewing think... out. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a level setting. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a humbling moment in a sense that like you're not. It's not a chewing out for doing something wrong. It's just you have done nothing. You have accomplished nothing. You are nothing. You are dog shit. 
And someone, who, where where would that mean the most right now coming from? Derek Jeter. I'm he's serious. Got, he's, he's a conflict, Someone, I don't, you ask Derek me, Jeter doesn't want the Yankees to win. He wants the Marlins to win. You asked me uh, an isolated situation. I don't care who this person is right now or what they're doing. But someone who has had success recently with the New York Yankees, who has felt the love of the fans, who has, who has been showered by all the greatness from the fans and, and has done amazing things and is a king of this city. You need a person like that to walk in and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you know who, you you know piece who's of shit, uh, available? Take off my uniform. You're embarrassing me. You're not acting like it's a privilege to wear these pinstripes. As Garrett Cole would refer to, pressure is a privilege. I mean, if there's a person on the team right now, it's Garrett Cole to light them up. It's tough to come. Well, it's tough to come from a starting pitcher, especially a starting pitcher. No, 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 been... no, no, no. That doesn't mean shit. It's Garrett Cole. It's different. He's a he's he's a he's the best pitcher in the league. Well, Derek Jeter ain't walking through that door, so someone else. I'm just is saying. Have to motivate this team. I don't see it coming from Aaron Boone because he doesn't seem like a good motivator. He seems like a he seems like a buddy buddy babysitter, and uh, when things are going well, it's easy to give credit to Aaron Boone when the team hits 300 home runs in a year. But when the team faces a little adversity and you have to look to your manager for some guidance and some leadership, I don't think Aaron Boone's the guy. In in season managerial change, Willie Randolph. Okay. Willie Randolph lights a fire under this ass. He does. <laughs> he lights a fire under this ass. Uh, right. That's the guy. Well, That's the guy. He's got the he's got the um He's got the pedigree. He's one of the best. I was looking this up. I was looking up um, uh, the defensive war yesterday. I was trying to be analytical and look up some <laughs> you stats. You were struggling. It took, me, and it took me an hour to look through the Excel spreadsheet on baseball reference. And at one point, I was stuck on D-war all time. And uh, Willie Randolph's top 25 defensive war all time. So, well, I mean, immediately off the bat. Did we talk about why you were one, looking Day one, Willie Randolph is going out there hitting fungos. Day one. Did we... Did we talk about why you were looking Wind that sprints. up? Because Clint Frazier, someone tweeted us that Clint Frazier is one of the worst defensive outfielders yeah, which in the he, league which this year. Yeah, which is correct, uh, which according is to correct. <laughs> Yeah. If you look so. at defensive D-War on baseball reference, he's like, you know, bottom third, but he's up there in the back. Yes. Okay. Need someone. Let's wrap him, this up. Willie Randolph's a baseball man. Let's wrap this up. I hope everyone has a pleasant Memorial Day. Maybe the Yankees will win this afternoon and take some momentum into the rest of the week before they face Boston. We will be back at you this week with an episode. I am going to be talking to Chad Jennings to get a little bit more information about the Red Sox surprising season. So expect that episode on Wednesday or Thursday. And then, of course, we will do our Friday Fives. Are you done venting or do you have do you have like one last final? I don't know. This has become thing. a therapy session where I just keep finding things to talk about, to be honest. But I didn't think I was going to have this much to talk about. I really thought it was going to be just just a sad, sad episode. But it's makes me feel a little bit better yelling at the clouds. Good. I yeah. don't feel like I'm old man yelling at the clouds, though. Maybe that's, maybe no, that's every old this, man. We're not yelling maybe at that's clouds. Every old man yelling at the clouds feels that way. They're like, oh, it's not me. Not me. Old man yelling at cloud is old man yelling at something that doesn't matter or that doesn't deserve his anger. This team is a bad but part of team. my anger is part of my anger is towards the new wave of analytics in baseball and the way decisions are being Fair. made. And that's that's where I feel like I'm yelling at cloud. Although I feel like I'm very warranted because it's it has it has diminished the product. 
I don't mind change. I don't. I like change. I think change is fine if it's for the good of, uh, for for the progression of a sport, the progression of of a uh, of the game. But in and understanding that that technology will always be getting better and better and better, and there will be new ways to do things. Great, fine. We should adapt. That should happen. But when you go so far down a rabbit hole and you start making all of these changes that go so deep in development of the actual game, we're starting to see it rear its ugly head. And it's not, there's a, that's a long correction. That's a deep correction that, that would, yeah, I I still think we're on the back to that type of, uh, that type of baseball where you see where you're spraying the ball. I still think we're on the downslope. We're not even back on the upslope towards. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing we said we're about done, but when, when you look at the talent, this is where, this is where, this is where the things drive me nuts a little bit because the talent on this team is there. It's there. We've seen it. It's not like we haven't seen it. And it's not like we haven't seen these guys play in big moments because we have. In 2017, they were backs against the wall. They were not the supposed team is to do so what they different. did. The team 2017, is so different. 2017, they're walking, you know, they're, they're beating a Cleveland team. They're, they're, they're taking Houston to the end. Like, that was a good team. That was a good team. 2017, who, who is still on the team now from 2017? Brett Gardner. And? Aaron Judge. And? Gary Sanchez. And? Um, Glaber Torres. Nope. 2017? He didn't come up until 2018. Two, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that's it. One yeah, of those guys has completely disappeared in Gary Sanchez. Yes. Okay. So Aaron Judge is still here, and he's still playing well. Brett Gardner's 38 years old. I know the construction of that team, they... they they started leaning into even when Gleyber Torres came up he did not look like the same player he is right now he was good then <laughs> he was a he was a guy who had a different approach at the plate even you know 2019 with the uh 38 home runs was that yep 2017 he looked 18. like a I'm 18. sorry I know but 2017 or 2018 god damn it he looks he looked more uh like an uh, like a a, a five tool like minus the speed player and the defense. Well, 2018, he was playing he looked like just a guy that, could, that had a better, a much better approach offensively. And I feel like he got cocky. 2018. And I feel like the stats and the numbers got cocky with him. The nerds like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lean into this, lean into this. And it got him away from things that he, that he was doing while he came up. And I think yeah. that's a big problem. So therefore, my point was before I said this, hold on, sorry, was, is that the, the talent in these players is there. This is this is really is an approach thing. This is a, a preparation and talented. approach thing. They're talented. However, I don't know that the players that are on this roster are equipped to play in That's today's game. That's my point. Game. Is that when I saw Glaber Torres come up, that I did not see the same player. I saw a guy that was on the path of progression towards being a much overall well-rounded offensive player. And unfortunately, we just have not seen that progression. We've seen him lean more into the power, less into the uh, you know spraying the ball. Again, going off eye test here, I'm not referring to any numbers, but the approach just is different and feels different. And I don't know where that went wrong or or it didn't go wrong. And this is exactly the way that they were supposed to go. And it's just not working. And I think that's more of what the point is. And that's a problem. All right. Can we end the episode now? I guess so. We will talk to you guys later this week. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. 
If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.